Hey guys, so on today's episode of Leader Man Podcast, I'm going to take you through uh, 22 leadership lessons that I learned and picked up from being on a sinking ship when I was 19 years old. Um, so I'm going to take you through the, the 22 uh, lessons, give a little bit of context into each and kind of get through them. It's going to be a short episode today, um, but give a little bit of of context to why uh, I'm doing these lessons today and I suppose a little bit of uh, background on the actual sinking ship. So uh, when I was 90 years old, I was flying out to join my second ship after coming back from a seven-month deployment in Afghanistan. And I was on the ship for 10 days and we were off the coast of Australia and it was about 10 p.m. at night and the swell of the sea picked this ship up and brought us down bow first, head first, and smashed us into a rock. And it put a hole in the ship that you could literally walk through, like easily walk through. And several other holes down the side when it kind of picked us back up and smashed us back down again continuously on this rock. And from then... The emergency stations alarm went off where basically it's like something's going terribly wrong and we all need to get in our positions and stations to do some shit that we've continuously trained for and that we thought would never happen and hoped would never happen. And so you could hear the water rushing in into the ship. So when the guys were running into the mess deck to to um, get their action overalls on and get changed from their workplaces and go to emergency stations, you could literally hear water uh, gushing into the ship, obviously through the holes that the rocks had made in the ship. So in a sense, we were already starting to sink. So so there's a lot of, of really good lessons that I kind of took away from this. And again, it is really is to bring some context into the the level of military leadership and why it's very different to a lot of kind of civilian leadership models and corporate leadership and business leadership and um, why it's so useful. So we're going to get stuck straight in. So the first one is prepare for the things that you think will never happen to you by training for the worst and hoping for the best. This is not a negative mentality. This is a preparation mentality. Uh, this is a, a self-disciplined mentality of where you train for something that you think will never happen, like sinking on a ship, and you hope that it will never happen. But if it does happen, if it does arise, that you are prepared for it. You know what to do because you've trained continuously. And this is kind of like, this can be quite boring because you're training for the same things over and over again. And you think, well, this is never going to happen to me. This is a waste of time, blah, 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 blah. But it's it forms this mentality and discipline where it's just like, it's better to be prepared um, than unprepared. Simple as it may sound, but it is one of probably the top uh, key leadership traits, I would say, from the military is like, always be preparing, always be training. Uh, number two is train and practice, train and practice. And when you're bored of the repetition, do it some more. Again, this is a, comes back to self-discipline and kind of mimics number one. 
it's train and practice, train and practice. It's a repetition. And this can kind of be boring for a lot of men. Working with a lot of men in leadership, it's it's like this kind of like boredom and kind of mundane and kind of unsexy shit that you have to do every day, whether it's your routines or whether it's tasks. It's just like where it's actually going to make your life easier, but it it takes a lot to be disciplined and just to be able to do that without feeling motivated, without kind of like feeling like you want to do it. It's being able to just repeat certain things that may be a bit mundane. It's actually going to separate you from the rest because a lot of people struggle with this. Uh, number three, surround yourself with competent and skilled people that bring value to your group and community. Um, this is especially coming from a male-dominated environment and obviously me working with men and kind of how masculine psychology works. It's You want to be surrounded by people that are skilled and that bring value to your group basically is just like we as men respect each other at a, at a higher level when you bring something that's useful to the group you bring some value when you contribute to the group and this is again it's kind of like when something kicks off like something uh like a, a fucking sinking ship is that there is you are confident that you are surrounded by competent and skilled people. If you're surrounded by a bunch of fucktards, um, that would not fill you with confidence uh, in terms of getting a job done and like, in this case, stopping a ship from sinking. And so this is something where it's like making sure you surround yourself with competent and skilled people that bring value to the group. It's And if you don't have that, go and find it or even train guys to be more competent and more skilled and this goes for like in your teams and in your business right it's just like you want them to be more competent and skilled and you as a leader that falls upon you and your responsibility um number four some of the best bonds you make are through shared challenge now there's a great book um that talks about this from sebastian younger uh what's it called is it called belonging tribe something like that it might be called tribes um but anyway it talks a lot about kind of like um homecoming it might be called homecoming anyway it's it talks a lot about kind of like a military coming home and struggling to uh, adapt and fit into normal life and it talks about like why such strong bonds um and friendships form is like why the military call each other brothers and it's because of this this shared challenge and he was talking about the reference of this from world war ii when a lot of the bombings were happening in london and like why that builds such a strong community is because it's because you are going through shared challenge and it's just like or trauma so to speak or difficulty and when you do that in a group it's just like it can bond it can build bonds like nothing else can it's not it's not surface level you're going through difficult shit and it's like you're very transparent and oftentimes vulnerable and you but you're you understand that other people are in the same situation as you It's like there's there's common uh connection or common ground um that's built because it's like someone else is going through this where a lot of the time we can really uh isolate ourselves it's like we're unique and we're special that what's going on for us in our own heads is just like people wouldn't understand It's like your situation is unique and this is why shared challenge and um, is is so important because it's like you realize that you're not alone and you can like you can share that experience with other people and you can connect in a community at a much deeper level when there's shared challenge. 
Number five, how you respond in high stress, intense demanding situations will show you a true reflection of your character. Now, this is something that I will challenge men to go into is to basically find something for them. And this is very individual a lot of the time is find something for that individual that is, is, is really uncomfortable for them, like really, really challenging and 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 almost invite them to lean into this and take this challenge on and the reason why is because it's just like you can do a lot of coaching and a lot of like rah rah wonderful motivational shit but the 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 true reflection comes of like when you're in difficulty you find out kind of who you are you find out what your character is when you're faced with a challenge or something that you find really difficult or a high stress environment and you need to be exposed to these often. And that's what we did in the military. You'd be exposed to this all the time, whether it's fire training, flood training, chemical warfare training, and whatever, suicide bomber training, whatever it may be. Right? That's from the, the from the Navy training we did. Um, whatever it may be. And the reason why is because it's very raw feedback, especially physiologically. So you get the physiological response um, from your body, from your nervous system of how you actually respond in stress and men we can be very egotistic in the sense of where we were like we'd be like well this is what i would have done in that situation where you think that you know it all and maybe because you've read a book or you've watched something that is just like you know and you have the information and that actually means something but it's not applied so it needs to be applied so this is why is like one of the the most direct lines of leadership is actually like is kind of action is putting yourself in a situation um that is kind of high stress and intense but it's like also controlled as well so it's like it's it's a training environment but it's close to the real thing as possible uh, to help you build that real life physiological response and and help you to tolerate higher levels of stress and performance and be able to perform in, in, in intense situations which again in terms of military leadership civilian leadership is that you don't do that <laughs> you do that that is not something that happens in civilian leadership so again it's that's that's a really that's a really important factor because it's like a lot of men that i work with is like they tend to get a reality check when they put themselves in situations where they're like oh fuck man is this like uh i i i thought this would be different and it's like yeah all you're getting is an honest feedback of where you're really at and that's what you need because we can often be a bit delusional of the place that we think we're at and our mentality and the only way you can really, really know is put yourself in a situation and get the real-time feedback of where you are. Um, bam, bam, and build your character. It builds character. Okay, number six, you can still have fun when the shit is hitting the fan. In fact, I'd say it's necessary. Again, I really feel this one gets missed. Um, as men, we have a lot of pressure and a kind of a lot of... Um, responsibility on our shoulders um it, it can be easy to turn into very serious is like where we take a lot of stress is just like where we get stuck in our heads quite a lot we have a lot of worry and maybe anxiety and we don't know how to deal with it and is fun is literally it's it's war camaraderie as i would call it it's like fun and camaraderie is literally mostly what the the military is built on in terms of intense situations and and hard times and it can seem a little bit fucked up and weird to someone on the outside 
but this is how the military deals with intense shit when it shit kicks off it's just like you how you kind of survive a lot of that a lot of the hard times and hard environments is actually through camaraderie and fun and it fucking works it's like I don't need any research on this, although I'm pretty sure there is some out there. It's like I've been in enough environments where uh, <laughs> this is this has been present and it is an absolute game changer and it's absolutely necessary. So even taking that and crossing it over into, into men's work or kind of doing deeper work with men, it's just like it still gets to be fun. There's like a lot of guys in our head, we have this story that it has to be serious. Uh, it doesn't. It's just like it really does get to be fun. And like a hundred percent is like if you if you're in a position where you can still laugh at yourself, um, you're doing pretty good. It's just like and, and this is and this is where you can stop yourself going going too dark and too deep into that darkness within ourselves as men, um, by actually having <laughs> having dark humor in how you deal with it. And it's a hundred percent works, it's a hundred percent is a massive tool, but I don't really see that so much. Um, in the men's space, again, it's another reason why um, the military leadership, which, again, you might not put that in there, um, but 100% it's a massive one for me. Bum, 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 bum. What have we got now? Number seven, people are drawn to those that are more calm, clear, and collected to lead them. Okay, so when something's kicking off and there's, a, there's an intense situation or a stressful environment, and this could be at work in your business, or it could even be out in... Um, on the streets um, with, with something like God forbid would happen and you you how you respond to that is people, because people are not trained to deal with high levels of stress. So if you're training yourself off your own back to put yourself in that challenge, to train to deal with high levels of stress as well as being able to clear it out of your body and your system, but generally to be able to handle higher levels of that, which is a practice and a skill, it's you're automatically putting yourself in a position of of a standout leader because like 100% again it's just like seeing it time and time again it's just like when something kicks off you know even if even when everybody's had the same training it's just like you get people that freak the fuck out go into chaos don't have a fucking clue what they're doing forget what they're fucking doing and become useless and then you get the guys that are like super calm super collected super direct super clear and that just starts to calm everyone down and also as well as just like they're just like it's like a moth to a flame in terms of leadership so the more high levels of stress you can handle uh in the more intense situations the more calm you can be in that which means training your nervous system managing your emotional states super important again guys tend to suck at this is then the better leader you're going to be and a better performance you're going to have um bum, 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 bum. number eight those those emergency food rations we thought we'd never use for real, we use them. How many days food do you have in a house? Okay, so this is a bit of a um, a bit of an off the the track one, really. And this is again, it's just I'm just writing down what came up to me. So when we're on ships, we have to have like I think it's thirty days of rations, which is basically like dried ration packs, like you might see the army get when they go out in the field, right? It's like we have to have so many days worth of ration packs by kind of almost by naval law, I think it is, or maritime law, um, just in case something happens. Again, the things that you don't think are going to happen, you see all these lessons are crossing over. And we had to use these because we were kind of grounded on a beach on this ship and we couldn't use um, all of the kitchen equipment. 
and all of the food, so we had to use the, the tinned rations and the reserve rations. And it's just, again, it's just this uh, preparation mentality of just like, again, it's like how many, how many food, how much food do you have in a fridge? How many days do you have in a fridge? Because again, it's like, it's just something where we can take for granted. And I suppose this happens more like in places in like the US or Canada than like, you know, the UK where I'm from or Spain, but it's still a thought process of, you know, if somebody gets uh, snowed in and or like all the delivery trucks are kind of delayed and they're like, you know, supermarkets only have so much uh, food in, in, in house, in stock. And then, you know, what happens with people um, that when there's shortages, people go mental and people lose their shit, like with the the um, the pandemic, with toilet roll, because people went mental for toilet roll. Um, it just shows you this kind of mentality that people have when there's they feel like there's a scarcity. So again, if you're prepared by like, again, do you have like backups of food? Do you have food reserves? in-house again it's just this preparation mentality and like again it's just it builds a confidence and resilience to know that if a situation happened or something kicked off it's just like that you're good and you're prepared and you're you can take care of the people around you uh number nine if you want more respect be more useful and competent those that are more competent in tough times receive the most respect it's just how it works again tried and tested and seen in practice is like when something is kicking off and or when there's like hard times or tough times it's like if if you're a flapping around it's like this is especially as a as a man if you're flapping around you don't know what you're doing you have kind of nothing to input you you, you don't have many skills or competencies it's like you you're kind of useless and you're you 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 will have less respect and and, I, and I've seen this time and time again. Is like it's how it plays out. It's kind of I think it's a bit of how we work psychologically as men. It goes back to the adding value piece to a group, and competence and skills is like do you add something that to the group where you're actually useful? And it, that comes down to I think like survival mentality. Um, so this is again as like why you should train as a man to like to have more skills and be more competent in areas, even if you think something doesn't happen, it always going to happen and. This is a big part of leadership is like is being able to like is gaining more skills and competences and is like that will actually get you more respect to be one because you're more you're actually more confident so again if you're showing up more confident and competent is just like people are going to respond to that anyway automatically and it's just like again you're putting yourself uh, ahead of the curve in terms of leadership because the standards are very fucking low and again it pains me to say that when i talk about men but it's just like, it's true, the standards are really fucking low. So it doesn't actually take a lot of effort, and not that you should use that to not put a lot of effort in, but it doesn't take a lot of effort to actually stand out and have a higher standard and raise your standards. Um, we're not talking about impossible standards um, here, we're just talking about like is for you to be able to stand out and like get yourself ahead uh, as a man and like being able to kind of like to lead yourself, have a high level of self-leadership and self-discipline it doesn't take that much it's just the practice and repetition again a lot of the lessons combined are what we're just going through number 10 clear and direct communication is best for efficiency stop being worried about everyone else's feelings again something i see in men a lot is just when communicating and there is a skill to communicating um but this kind of clear and direct communication is just like as nowadays especially people like to be offended by everything People like to have their feelings heard by everything. 
people think that you're being mean if you're just being clear and direct with somebody and and that has that has a knock-on effect and like, i see this with a lot of guys who are like you want you know like really worried again because they're good guys but it's just like it's it, it, it it's not great for leadership um because if you're not communicating well as the leader and you're not communicating with your team is like you're showing them how to communicate and this also goes across into relationships as well um is communication is like i would probably put that out there as like the number one skill to have and it's people tend to suck at it and it's like we're worried about what somebody might think or of like what somebody might what somebody might think of us or like if if this is mean or it's going to hurt someone's feelings or we try and beat around the bush instead of just being to the point and clear and direct and it's and i've seen this from like again from from working on um, aircraft carriers and like even in the kitchens like uh, i've been a chef on these ships is like one in like the training and stuff you do outside of the kitchen is just like clear and direct especially in a kitchen as a chef is just like you need clear and direct communication because that's how uh the kitchen operates where it looks like chaos but it's actually a really smooth and efficient um machine that that runs and it, it's just like the reason why that happens is because again people uh know what their role is they have competence and skill levels and communication it's like you have to have the communication it's just like it's and what i see in this is like it it's it's pretty poor but it's like it doesn't take much to fix it honestly doesn't take that much to fix it's like it's really really simple just some guidelines um number 11 being on a sinking warship is some of the best fun i've ever had and i've done a lot of fun shit okay so i have done a lot of fun shit over the years it's like when i was uh, 30 years old and i left the military and i went on a six month round of world adventure to celebrate after i got back i was like you know what if i never went anywhere again i would be content that'd be less very long um because i feel like i've had more adventure and i've ticked off like most of my bucket list by the time i'm 30 i've done stuff in one lifetime that people haven't done or i wouldn't do in two and so far i'm very grateful for this but again it's just like in in all the fun stuff i've done is just like being on a sinking ship it's actually a lot of fun and people might think that's crazy or like sadistic or mental but it but it is it's just like it's excitement it's adventure and it's like again it's like it's kind of you you're trained for these things so it's just like you when this happens uh it's like you're trained for it and you you get to put your skills um into practice and really test to see is it's like well how would i respond in this situation because although you can do that in a training environment where a lot of the training environments were very much um built to be as um as realistic as possible so we had like hydraulic simulators and all this sort of stuff um that we used to use whereas literally is just like as real as possible um there's it's like you kind of when you're when you're in a real-time situation it's like it's different and it's like and it is for you you can still have fun doing it so while we're putting fires out and like and doing is stopping the flood and like shutting off compartments and putting kind of shoring up which is like shoring is like wooden scaffolding uh for the ship so the bulkheads don't burst and flood more compartments that's fun that's one of the, the most fun times i've ever had is being stranded and grounded on a, a beach for two weeks eating at a tins it's like it's fucking awesome so intense situations can be fun uh, number 12 the stronger and more physically capable you are the better fact 
I will never understand anyone who disputes that. Um, again, so this can get a lot of stick off people, especially on social media, when you call it like body shaming and stuff like this, and people get very sensitive and offended by it. But here's my mentality, mentality of this from uh, a, a military perspective. So um, when I'm on ship and there's like things like this could happen, floods and fires can happen, um, incidents can like happen and they do happen. And if I say if like I'm unconscious in a compartment and there's danger there, it's filling up the smoke or it's flooding and someone comes along, um, some big fat guy who doesn't work out is just like lazy just really unhealthy really unfit and i've got to rely on them to drag me out of a compartment to save my life is i want somebody you better be in fucking shape basically it's like there's no fucking excuse where you can't be in relatively good shape and in, in terms of strength and capable physical capability as a man and this is again is where um I feel like standards are extremely fucking low for this, like extremely low. And it's, I'm not concerned about kind of getting any stick for this because it's like, it's something that I, is a strong principle for me. It's something I really believe in. It's just like, there's no fucking downside to being strong as a man. There's like in mental health benefits, in physiological benefits, health benefits, like in, in every way, shape or form, there is no downside to being physically capable and strong as a man. And there's only benefits. There's only benefits. So it's like I kind of refuse to kind of um, bow down to the the body shamers in this one. Is like, I don't give a fuck if you have a six pack or not. But it's like you better be fucking strong enough to be capable, physically capable to have my back. That's the way I look at it, and I will always look at it. Uh, number thirteen, uh, your gaps in performance and who you think and say you are will be revealed to you in a raw and honest way in high stress situations so it's best you go and find some to throw yourself into and in brackets i can help you with that so again this goes back to um is the challenge piece of it's like you can only you, you, you as men i think we need to find out where our edges is like we need to find where our edges so that we are capable of then leaning into it right so it's like you find where your edge is where you're kind of on the borderline of like where is like you you don't know what to do is just like you're you're kind of maybe it's kind of like you're on the verge of quitting something or whether it is physically is just like you want to stop and you can't do any more it's just like you'll find that you have more gears than you know a hundred percent one hundred percent you have way more gears to tap into than you know but unless you go and find out you will never know and that is terrible for your mental health absolutely terrible so again this is one of the things of like is challenging men to like in some kind of performance of whatever that's so it could be even at work could be at work where it's just like is how do you know your potential or your capabilities if you don't go and find out and that's scary sometimes of course it is um but it's just because it's new or like it's uncomfortable we the brain doesn't like leaving comfort and familiarity uh, but in order to have transformation uh, and kind of grow is just like that's exactly what we need to do and again it's like this is the this is the difference between reading a book and like being able to talk about it and all this sort of shit and actually like living it and being able to to action it uh into your everyday life uh number 14 you quickly find out who's full of shit and who's not 
Uh, again, and I mean this in like the most positive way, honestly, it's just like, it's just my, the way I word things sometimes is, um, it's quite unique, but it, again, this is the thing of like, where is you, you judge somebody by their behaviors and their actions, not necessarily by the words that they say. And you don't want to be the guy that's full of shit. So again, this goes back to the gap of just like seeing where your gaps are. You want to know where your gaps are. Because if you're talking a good game, and you and you don't have to be perfect with this, but if you're talking a good game, and there's too much of a gap where you're not backing up anything that you say, and you're actually full of shit, nobody's going to fucking trust you. Nobody's going to fucking respect you. And I think a lot of guys in leadership positions actually have that going on. It's just like where there's a position of authority that's been given, and it's like their competence and skill level does not match because they haven't had the training. And they try and mask it and hide it. But really, everybody knows that you follow shit. And then, like, people don't respect the leaders and don't trust the leaders. And then the whole fucking teams fall apart. And then the businesses fall apart and performance goes down, revenues go down, etc., etc. Um, number 15. Most normal brackets, civilian leadership training is completely dog shit useless. Um, and I'm saying this. Um, from feedback from working with guys uh, like in corporate business. And my only reference is is 13 years of, of military uh, military career in leadership positions. And and honestly, I can say that like when working with these guys, I'll kind of sit there confused. Um, I used to sit there confused and be like, that doesn't make sense to me because is what they were telling me was basically a complete lack of kind of a basic level of what I would call leadership. So what I would call a basic level of leadership uh, was actually missing. And it was, I was kind of flabbergasted, let's say, uh, into how shocking that actually is. Again, because it's the lack of training. It's just like the lack of training and useful training the um, leadership training that's available in civilian companies and in business is shit. And again, this is why military leadership stands out because you're constantly training all the fucking time. It's like literally what you spend most of your time doing. And it's again, it's this preparation mentality and mindset where what a lot of guys do, they wait until the shit hits the fan before they do anything and take action. And then it comes from a place of overwhelm, stress, anxiety, rather than actually as a site. I'm going to prepare by putting myself in challenges and finding challenges to constantly train myself. And people think that's fucking weird. For me, that's common sense. But again, you don't have to be perfect at it. I'm not perfect at it. That you just constantly do it. Um, number 16, never listen to the dickhead who says, this is what I would have done. They likely wouldn't do shit and never have. We all know that guy, the guy that says is, it's like the guy who watches the football and is like, he talks about the manager and like, this is what I would have done. The guy that watches the UFC and says, well, this is what I would have done in that fight and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, the truth is you don't actually know until you're put in a situation where you're tested. It's like, you need to be able to test yourselves. And if you have guys around you that are constantly being in that, this is what I would have done. Uh, bullshit and they you never see them kind of back it up or you never see them put it into practice is like do not listen to them in fact probably get away from them very far away from them and go and find other people because they are probably useless and full of shit 
Number 17, if you're going to crash your warship, crash it next to a beautiful tropical island a couple of hundred miles off the coast of Australia. So I'm not laughing at my own writing here. Um, so that that's that's basically where we crashed. It's like it was um, uh, off this small island about 300 miles off the coast of Sydney that we crashed on. It was like it was the, one of the most beautiful islands I've ever been on. And poor us, so we were grounded there for a couple of weeks and we had to go and spend time on this beautiful island and then get flown off by an RAF jet to Sydney. And because they didn't know what to do with us because this has never happened before, we had three months paid leave in Australia. Basically, a load of sailors tearing up Australia at 19 years old was like some of the best fun I've ever had. So yes, there was worse places that that could have happened. Number 18. When you get told you're getting three months paid leave in Australia to go and do what you want, ring home to gloat and laugh down the phone at your two older brothers. So this is kind of like a bit of um, youngest brother payback for all the beatings that uh, I used to get uh, of, of when we found out that we're going to be in Australia for three months uh, with no ship and basically go and do what you want kind of thing, uh, paid. Um, I rang home and told my two brothers this was happening, which of course they responded with, fuck off, you jummy little twat, which I responded with laughter, and then I'm sure that was the end of the phone call. Um, so this is just ways of like, if you are a younger sibling, um, especially as guys where you get beatings, is just like where you can get payback. Um, bum, bum, number 19, courage saves lives. So again, this to me goes back to competence and, and skill. And like, you don't always have to have barrels of that to have courage, but it's just like, in terms of in terms of leadership and intense environments and situations, you need those guys who are actually kind of will act with courage and not cower away. Like the opposite of courage is cowardice, it's not fear. Um, fear is gonna be present when when acts of courage take place. So it's like, if you're not in courage, you're in cowardice. And like, that's a stinger. That's a stab in the heart. We've all been there. Where it's so like, if you if you look at that concept and go, okay, if I'm not um, showing up in courage, I'm actually showing up in cowardice. Stinger. Uh, number 20, you should always test someone's skill competence rather than just blindly trust what they say. Again, these you see these lessons are kind of mimicking throughout, uh, throughout all of these. Uh, this is one um, where, again, it's just like, don't just fucking listen to what people say. Um, I, I would, I'm not untrustworthy, but it's it's just like where it, it's this thing. I suppose it's just uh, a mentality I've built over years of just, um, I want to see where somebody is backing up what they're saying. And like, do they, do they kind of walk their talk, so to speak? It's like, do you walk your talk and do you live what you preach? And that's really, really important. And that's been really important for me as like a leader and a coach as well as to like, is like, make sure that I'm fucking not perfect in my life 100% because anyone who projects that is, is lying. But it's just that, that I'm, I'm a, a good a good level of like walking my talk and I'm, 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 I'm living what I, what I practice and what I preach and teach. Um, that is, I would say that is a very, that is a virtue or a value, whichever one you want to call it, to, to work from as a man. And because it's like, you don't want to get caught out in that. You 100% don't want to get caught out in that. And 
it's quite easy to be able to kind of test and spot a bullshitter and you don't want to be a bullshitter. Again, the trust, safety and respect are highly important to men. So don't try and bullshit your way to it. Do the fucking hard work, train and practice. Um, 21, a giant curveball to the face can come at you at any moment of any day. Work on being as prepared as possible in every area of life as possible. Again, um, business, health, relationships, whatever, it's just like you cannot prepare for everything because, again, these curveballs tend to come unexpected. But what you can do, you can prepare yourself especially well mentally physically for me physical is the mental so it's like that's that's like why i would train so much it's mental it's like i fucking have to if i didn't i'd go insane um but it's like there's gonna be a curveball and again this isn't negative thinking it's just like this it's not fake positive fucking um bullshit it's just like it's not negative either it's just i would say practicality and pragmatic um thinking uh, there's going to be a curveball. So the more areas of your life you can train yourself to become a better leader, more mentally strong and resilient and handle high levels of stress and performance and situations, is the better you're going to be able to cope with when those curveballs come across, when they come across. Again, is just like what we kind of wired for is to wait until the shit hits the fan before we do anything about it and then it usually just turns into more shit so this is kind of like is kind of inspired action of just like knowing those things are going to happen at some point in your life unless you're just hiding under a fucking rock your whole life and being able to like put yourself in the best possible position to be able to handle that and that is actually like a really good trick in terms of uh coaching as well because it's it's going to form high levels of self-discipline you're gonna to have to have a lot of good boundaries in place of what you say no to you're gonna to have to have like high levels of self-discipline and self-leadership um but also again it's like that's the very thing that will kind of make you stand out and like in, in even in terms of like your mental health your mental and physical health emotional health all the healths is is just coming with that mindset is just like it's a fucking absolute game changer and like not too many people are doing it um 22 you don't learn shit sat on the sidelines you have to throw yourself in 100 percent. and this goes back to the courage piece again it's just like we've seen it all it's kind of human nature it's just like people will preach and fucking talk shit from the fucking sidelines and like wait and you can't wait until somebody you see somebody fall and then like jump on it and be like i told you so or give someone shit it's is like you'll never see somebody doing better than you giving you shit or or judging in that way it's only encouragement so again it just it helps you to kind of like um discern of like the people that you probably want to be around and you want to listen to um but you don't learn shit sat on the fucking sidelines watching it's just like you don't have to know everything i find again this is again this is from the military i'm not saying it's the best way um i've definitely tweaked it over the years but it's being able to just throw yourself in and be like, fuck it, and figure it out as you go. And um, that's good. I wouldn't say to use that all the time, but it it, it beats sitting around trying to work everything out. And um, there's something actually like a really good point in that where I I read this, and it was about Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX and NASA, where NASA will actually sit around and like 
plan to the minute detail, 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 plan, 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 prepare. And Elon Musk would just go, fuck it, just like take action and build something and do it. And then use the feedback of failure to then make improvements and go again and just keeps doing that. And you see who's made the most progress, um, SpaceX. So again, it's just like, that's a good analogy to use in terms of like, if stop sitting on the sidelines, again, it's one extreme to another, but it's, it's where you have to throw yourself in and like, because you are maybe afraid of failure, of, of embarrassment, of being judged and criticized and like, and what people might think. It's just like, but to be honest, those people are sat around doing fuck all anyway. So it's like, you best just throw yourself in, focus on your own shit and um go test shit out get in the arena so there you go that is 22 leadership lessons that i've learned from being on a sinking ship there's a fucking load more than that but like that's that's plenty that's plenty for now um yeah is i'd love to to hear which of those you kind of took away which were useful for you as you can drop me an email at leadingmengroup at gmail.com or just message me on the socials. Uh, Instagram is the Craig Barlow, and Facebook is Craig Barlow. So there you go. Thanks, guys.